You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 340 with Ann Garcia. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys, I'm super excited to have Ann on the show today. We are going to talk about college. I don't know about you, but I think it's so easy to feel like, how are we paying for college for our kids? With inflation, everything going up in price, it just feels a little bit daunting to think about how do we pay for college? How do we help out? Can we even help out, especially if you have more than one child? And so Anne is giving us some strategies, some ideas. Um, She has older kids. She figured out how to do this. And she has such an interesting way of thinking about college and talking about what is your budget for college and your budget could be $0. And what does that look like? And I absolutely love that. And so she talks about kind of financial planning for college at any age. So no matter what your age of your kids are, this is a perfect episode. So if you have friends that are in this boat and really just thinking about how do I go about this? How do I figure out college scholarships? You know, how do I help my student make good choices about college, you know, and all that kind of stuff. This is the perfect episode. So make sure to share it with them. I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Let's go to the show. And thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. Okay. And so I like to ask icebreakers to start off the show. And the question that I love asking moms is what is one thing that you wish you could tell your younger self? Oh, that's such a good question. You know, I have twins who are just about to graduate from college. Mm. And so I've been thinking about things, you know, things I want to tell them and last, you know, last words of wisdom before they jump into the adult world. And I mean, it's everything from don't forget to clean the lint screen and the dryer to, but I, I think one of the, one of the biggest things that I, that I would like to remind my younger self is the most important thing you do early in your life, whatever phase of early in your life is, whether it's your education, your career is you keep doors open you know, so use your good manners, say please mm. and thank you, mm. make connections, um, treat people well, um, like that. leave on good terms, you yeah. know, make sure that you Don't are keeping, keeping mm-hmm. doors open for yourself. Yes. Yeah. Don't burn that bridge and run off it. <laughs> yeah. If an, and if an opportunity is, is available to you, make sure you at least do your homework on it before you say this isn't for me. Oh, I like that. That's a good one. See, this is why I like asking these questions. So this is what I find. There's either a pattern with what women say and you're like, man, it's like you guys all jumped on a phone call and we're like, yes, we're going with this answer. Or then there's some, then, and then there's ones that are different. Like what you're saying. I really love that. Like it really kind of makes you think like really do your homework before passing up. Do you find that you've done that? Like, is that why you say that? Or have you seen someone else do that? Like what, what sticks out to you with that? You know, I, I I feel like lately I've had a number of opportunities come my way and both personal and professional that are a result of having kept doors open. I mean, we're we're oh, taking a yeah. fabulous vacation later this year with some old friends who we haven't seen in decades because they oh. live in Australia. Oh. And mm-hmm. and we've just kind of stayed in touch over the years and they reached out and they said we realized the only way we're gonna spend time together is if we take vacation. So do you wanna come sailing in Greece with us. Nice. And I we love said, it. yes. <laughs> That's so cool. I love that. And, and, 
and professionally, um, I own an independent investment advisory and financial planning firm. And the only reason I have that is that someone approached me one day and said, I'm retiring and I want you to take over my business. And I was like, I'm totally happy where I am. I'm good. Yeah. But then I thought, you know what? This question is no one has ever asked me this before. Why don't I take a look? And it's ended up being one of the best, if not the best career decisions I've ever made. I love it. That is really great. And you know what? I've talked about friendships on here. I, I love that. Like that you actually brought that. I love the, the business side of things too, but like the friendship one is so good. I, and I know I have a really good friend and she went to college with, um, these other friends and they don't live in the same state and they, they will do trips together. That's how they see each other. And I think that's so good. And I always try to encourage like women, you know, to really cultivate friendships. And sometimes they just don't look the way that you kind of hoped, right? Like, I'm sure you wish you kind of lived close to these people and you could just do coffee, but Hey, you can go sailing in Greece. I mean, Hey, that's a pretty awesome opportunity. So I love that. As do I, I'm so excited about this trip. (laughs) That is so cool. I love it. Okay. I could talk about travel. I don't know if you know this, but I am a luxury travel agent. So you could get me caught on this and I would not stop. So I'm like, I have to, I'm like, let's talk about college savings. <laughs> what? You don't want to talk about sailing in Greece? <laughs> <laughs> I just had a client ask about Greece. It's so, it's so funny. Um, I know. Okay. So the more responsible thing to do is that we need to talk about college savings. Okay. <laughs> right. Well, have you back on to tell us about your sailing trip. <laughs> okay. So and um, as we get started, how about you share with us your whole name, where you live, how many kids you have, and will you have twins, and, and what their ages are? Yeah. So I'm Ann Garcia, and I live in Portland, Oregon, and I have twins who just turned 22, and in fact, they're graduating from college this year. Nice. Wow. Does it feel crazy that you are having kids that are graduating from college? Does that feel odd? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's, okay. it's I mean, you know... The, the, you, that whole, the days are long and the years are short and they keep getting shorter. Yes. Oh my gosh. It does feel like that as they get older. I don't know what it is. It's strange. So, um, okay. So how about you share with us how you got to where you are today? Um, with, well, you kind of gave us a little glimpse of this person brought you this opportunity, which feel free to share a little bit more about that. Um, I think that's pretty amazing. Um, cause even if this wasn't going to be your bit on that, I'm curious how she, how she knew you before um, to even reach out to you um, because I do think that's such a good point to like to kind of put you know it's like one to put yourself out there somehow she had to know you and then like you said it's like you know it's like build good rapport people come back to you and stuff like that and then offer you opportunities and you never know what they may be and so um, and then just share with us like how like like how do you even got into this it's like did you major in finance and all that stuff. And then, and then we'll jump into the actual interview. Yeah. And, and, you know, this makes me really glad that you asked that question to start with, because I can tie all of these things back to that question. Perfect. (laughs) Um, um, so I am a fee only financial advisor. Um, so I work with, with families and individuals and business owners to, um, to help them live their best, best lives, both now and in the future. And that's a lot about, just aligning money behind things that are important to you. So, you know, making sure that you're saving towards the things that are important to you, making sure that, um, that you're, that you're aware of and planning for the risks that could go wrong, you know, making sure that you're staying on track with your savings and your, and your budgeting and, 
um, and all those good things. And early in my career, um, I noticed that I was talking with a lot of two groups of people. The first group was parents who said, I just don't know how to tackle this thing called college. I don't know how much I'm supposed to save. I don't know how much it costs. I don't know any of the above. And then I was also talking with young adults who had graduated from college and were struggling to get their adult life started because they'd taken on so much student loan debt to pay for their education. And they were, you know, oftentimes not able to save for retirement, not able to um, buy homes. You know, they were delaying getting married, having kids. In some cases, they weren't even able to have emergency savings because they were so far in over their heads on on student loans. And yeah. I kind of realized if I could help that first group of people, mm, you know, those parents who are yes. trying to figure this out, help the second. there might end up being <laughs> less of that second, yeah. second group. And yeah. as a parent myself, I wanted to know this anyway. And I, and I recognized that not very many financial advisors were talking about college planning. And so I thought, Hey, here's an opportunity for me to be the, fi- the college financial planning person. I love and, that. um, and so I just kind of dug into the topic and, over time, I realized I was answering the same questions again and again and again. So I s- started writing down email templates. And then one year as a New Year's resolution, I decided I would start to write a blog. So I took all those emails and turned them into blog content. And the blog grew over time, you know, both in content and in subscribers. And when the pandemic came along, I had some free time on my hands, like many others. Yeah. <laughs> and I decided I would turn it into a book. Wow. And so um so I wrote a book called How to Pay for College which came out last summer. Um and then also created an online course version of the book, which is on my website, howtopayforcollege.com. Mm, I love that. Okay. So then the lady that I think you said it was a woman that um, yeah. offered you her business, had you worked with her? Like, how did you know her? Well, so I run a, um, I run a study group of advisors in, oh. um, in Oregon. Mm-hmm. And so, so, you know, it's just a professional association and yeah. we were members of the same professional association. We have a quarterly continuing education meeting that I run and she met me through, you know, we met each other through that. And, and it was again, you know, one of those, you know, keep the doors open. Um, and, and, uh, through running this organization, I was able to, you know, meet all the other advisors in our community and stay in touch with them and know what they were doing. And they also got to see me in a leadership role, you know, running this group and bringing in speakers and, and whatnot. And she just approached me one day and she said, I like what I see of you. And, um, having been one of the original female financial advisors in Portland, I'm retiring and I want to make sure that, um, that another woman takes over my practice and I'd like it to be you. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. That's really great. Okay. So let's jump into college planning. Um, I was telling you before, so I have two daughters and my youngest is going to turn nine next week and my oldest just turned 12. And, you know, we had some money put aside to, for my oldest, um, but that's about it. And you know, with cost of living going up, it's kind of insane. Um, Mm -hmm. and and so like just to pay for groceries, right. You're kind of like, you have to pay so much more 
just to get what you used to get. Right. So it's kind of like the thought of then thinking like, yeah, let's up this college budget. It's like, I can't even figure out like, how are we paying for what we were paying for? Right. Um, before I think this is such a great topic to talk about. And this is why I wanted to have you come on because I want to give people that heads up of like things that they could be doing that they may not realize. And so we're going to be talking about, you know, financial planning uh, for college and um, also scholarships and stuff like that. So um, where do you want to start with this? Like, I mean, we could talk about like, how do we start planning for it? Um, Is there a certain age that you're kind of like, okay, maybe we just, maybe (laughs) I'll like throw this out. Like with, if people are thinking about scholarships, what point do you think it's too late for that in high school that you're kind of like, or are you like, no, it's never too late. So it's, it's never too late. It's okay. also never too early. Okay. Um, and I would, so I would say a couple of things. There are multiple components to how you're going to pay for college. I think the most important thing for people to understand is whatever your college budget is, there is a college that will educate your child for that budget. Mm. And that includes if your budget is $0. So my son, for example, has a friend who just finished her degree online through Arizona State for $0 because she works wow. for Starbucks and she did their what? partnership what? program with Arizona State. Wow. Got her degree for free and um, is doing her student teaching right now. And in the fall, she'll be she'll be a teacher. So so there, and, and most states offer some form of free community college. Mm. So there's a couple years of free college available there. Um, you know, so, so, so That's you can, cool. yeah. you can start with any budget you want and go up to, you know, there's the floor is zero. The ceiling is, you know, whatever, right. Whatever yeah. you want it to be. Yeah. And, and let's hope we're not those people who are like, oh yeah, what, nothing's too good for my child. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, because there are great choices at, yeah. at every price point. So I think one of the things that's really important for families to do, and you know, Amber, your kids are at the perfect age for, for you to start with this, you know, with this thought process of what are the opportunities that I want to make available to them for college? You know, Mm. do I, do I want them to have a four-year college opportunity? Is it just the most important thing to me is that they get a degree with minimal to no student loan debt? Right. Um, you know, and, and, and look at, you know, you mentioned having some savings for your older daughter, look at what that's going to translate to, you know, what's that, how much can you contribute out of pocket? What kind of opportunities does that create? And mm. are you and are you good with those opportunities? And I will say, you know, a lot of us say, oh my gosh, you know, if I can only pay for two years of my child's college or if my child's only going to go to college online, it is far more important that you get a degree mm. than that you get a degree from a particular college. Oh, yes. So yeah. the gap between no degree and degree is so much higher than the gap between where you got it from. Degree from one yes. from college A and degree from B. college B. True. Yes. Yeah. I agree. So um, I okay, do ahead, think yeah. mm-hmm. I do think that saving is really important. Okay. Um, not only because the more you save, the more choices your your child will have. Mm-hmm. And I think as parents, what we want is for our kids to have good choices. Um, so more savings will give you more choices. Um, there's also a lot of data out there showing that stu- that students whose um, whose parents have saved for college, even in modest amounts, like five hundred dollars, 
not only enroll in college at higher rates, but they graduate at higher rates. And you could certainly make a lot of arguments about cause and effect, right? If I'm saving for college, I'm probably talking to you about talking to my kids about college, (laughs) creating that expectation and whatnot. But the fact that that students from those families graduate at higher rates is is a really striking point um, as well. So I do think there's tremendous value in in saving for college in amounts that work for your family and that, you know, and, and then doing the parenting work of explaining to your child what resources you have available to them and how you're going to help them find opportunities that fit within that budget. Do you feel like you can achieve so much in life, but your weight loss? Maybe you feel like you're stuck and you want to leave counting calories and dieting behind, or maybe you find yourself spending so much energy thinking about how to lose weight, what to eat, and even can you keep this off if you get to goal? I know for me, that was the case before 2019 when I lost over 50 pounds and I kept it off. And I want to help you lose weight the way that I did it. I want to help you figure out why is the weight a symptom for something else going on in your life? Because did you know that the weight gain is not usually based off of hunger issues? It's usually because you're not fulfilled in other areas of your life. So we go for food because it's a quick dopamine hit or a quick fix. So if you want to figure out how to live life without worrying about going to a party or going on vacation or staying in other people's homes without gaining weight, then this session is for you. How it works is you jump on a 30-minute coaching session with me. We come up with a plan right then and there so you can implement it the moment we get off our Zoom call. If you decide that you want to work that plan with me and have that weekly accountability for several months and dive deep to figure out what is really holding you back, we can do that too. But there is no pressure to do that. If you just want to jump on and chat with me and get your plan, that is a-okay. These mini coaching sessions are my way to give back to you guys. So I hope you take advantage of it. So if you're interested in more details, you can DM me at mominspiredliving. Or if you know this is something you really have been wanting to do, but you've just been sitting on the fence, go to mominspiredshow.com forward slash coaching and grab a day and time that works for you. If you can't find a day or time that works for you, you can email me at amber at mominspiredshow.com or message me at mominspiredliving, whatever works best for you. This will all be in the show notes so that if you forget what I just said, go to the show notes and you'll get all that information. I can't wait to chat. Now let's get back to the show. Yeah, that is so good. Well, and so, so one thing that I wanted to ask you too with, you know, thinking about scholarships, like how young is it to start thinking about scholarships for real? Like not just kind of like, okay, we probably need to do it. Like when do you, when do you start actively trying to figure this out and what they need to do? So I think a great time to start looking at scholarships. And again, it's never too late, but if you want to know to my mind, the perfect time to start looking is Right when your kid starts high school. And here's how you look for scholarships. This is not like go out to fast web and Google scholarships. But when your child starts high school, or even when they're still in middle school, go look up for your in-state colleges, what scholarships they offer, what merit scholarships they offer, because those tend to be more generous than need-based scholarships, and what the criteria are. That way, so most most public colleges and actually most most private colleges as well have scholarships that they award automatically. Mm. And so if you can, as the parent of a new high school freshman, mm. look at your state's public schools and say, 
okay, as long as my kid has a 3.8 unweighted GPA and, you know, if test scores are required, this test score, they're going to get $12,000 a year from this college. Well, you can help manage them towards that scholarship goal. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Um, so is that like, so, the, so, so that's the best way to kind of start looking at all the colleges in state. If you're trying to keep the cost down, you could look at out state. Of course, that gets more expensive. Is that why you're saying in state? Well, not necessarily, but oh, okay. um, for, for most people, for, and it, but it depends a lot by student, but for most people, you know, your in-state schools, that's sort of the easiest place to start looking. And that should be sort of your, you know, think of that as your baseline college cost. Mm, okay. And, and whether it's two years of free community college and then transferring to your four-year college, whether it's getting a scholarship as an incoming freshman and then going there all four years, mm. but figure out what the pathways through your state schools are. Right. And then figure out how that works with your budget, you know, mm. between savings ability to pay out of pocket from you and your student, if you're okay with your student taking out the direct student loan when they're a student and say, are we on track for this? And the good news is once you come up with that number, you can say, you know, there's probably other opportunities out there that we can find that will fit this financial model as well. So for example, my, um, my son attends an out-of-state public school that is more generous with scholarships than our in-state schools. So it's actually cheaper for him to go to college there than to go to Oregon. So how did you figure that out? I'm sorry. How did you figure that out? Well, we told him basically that his budget was in-state public schools. He was not a terrifically ambitious high school student. And so we kind of said, you know, your college budget is going to look like your high school effort. Mm. And, um, and he is also one of those kids who has always done his own thing. You know, mm-hmm. he played on a different club soccer team from all of his high school friends. He yeah. dated a girl from another high school. You know, he's to be never different. been one to follow the crowd. And <laughs> okay. yeah, and, yeah. and he was he was like, I don't want to go to Oregon. <laughs> I don't want to go. You know, this is this big decision. I don't want to just follow everyone. And so we told him, well, that's fine, but this is your budget. And um, and he started looking around. And, and discovered that University of Arizona had a scholarship that he was eligible for that was, that was ultimately going to make it cheaper than, than staying in state. Wow. That's really interesting. Um, So he knew he wanted to go there. Is that what you're saying? Well, he didn't necessarily know. I mean, he only knew about Arizona because we had vacationed near there one time and he'd seen the campus and thought it was kind of cool. So he's like, Oh, I'll check that out. I see. He knew he wanted to go to a big school and he knew what his budget was. And he knew that many schools offer scholarships to, to out of state students as well. And so he just started looking around and, um, you know, and did the homework and, um, and figured it out. And that's where he is. And I'm, you know, I'm thrilled that he had that opportunity. So let me ask you this, like, so, if people are thinking like looking for schools out of state, just start maybe randomly looking just to kind of see if something is a better opportunity, kind of like, you know, Arizona versus Oregon, you know, in that situation. I mean, is that something that you would recommend to kind of just, you know, get an idea? Yeah, it's always worth looking. So most regions of the country have what's called a regional tuition exchange program. Mm. Here on the West, it's called WUI. It's the Western Undergraduate Exchange. 
there's a, um, a blog post on my website, howtopayforcollege.com that has links to all the different regional tuition exchanges. And typically the way these work is that students can attend schools in neighboring states for oh. a discounted version of that state's oh, tuition. Okay. Interesting. Um, in addition to that, many Many public schools offer merit scholarships to out-of-state students. Not all do, but um, but most do. You know, the California schools don't. The most the most highly sought-after public yeah, schools don't. Sure. Mm-hmm. But you know, the rest of them they're trying to enroll. You know, eight People. eight thousand students every year. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then, what is your thoughts then on making like a good choice about colleges? Right. Like so. Your son was kind of like, peace out. I don't want to be in state. I do my own thing, right? So there's that option. Um, But like when you're trying to help your kids figure this out, you know, especially if they don't really know what they want to do, right? Like obviously if somebody Mm -hmm. knows specifically what they want to do, then yeah, you kind of have an idea. But like if they don't really know, then how do you go about trying to figure this all out? So because you have to take into account how much it costs, but also you know, if you don't know what you want to do, it's like, how are you figuring out what the best school actually is? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think so, you know, so often parents look to, you know, things like the U S news and world report rankings to figure out what's the best college their, their kids should, should go to. I think as a parent who's gone through this process myself and who has two kids who are blissfully happy at the colleges that they chose, I think it's important to think about, who your student is, both as a student and as a person, and try to find environments that match them. So, you know, you mentioned kids who don't know what they're going to do. Well, then you want to find a campus that doesn't require them to declare a major <laughs> as, an, as an incoming, you know, 18-year-old and stick yeah. on that path for four years. You know, sure. so, so colleges that provide that opportunity to spend your first, you know, your first few quarters mm-hmm. trying things out and and finding your path, that's um, that's a great option. You know, what kind of learner is your student? Do they like, you know, big lecture hall settings? Are they someone who needs more one-on-one interaction, whether it's with professors or TAs? And and in that latter group, that doesn't necessarily mean, oh, my child has to go to a private school. Oh, crap, that's $80,000 right. a yeah. year. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> there are lots of opportunities like that on public school campuses, as well. And, you know, also look to how your child makes friends. You know, are they someone who puts themselves out there and tries new things? Are they more reserved? You know, so what does the social life look like on, on the campus that they're, um, that they're, that they're trying to attend? I mean, my, my daughter, so I have twins. Um, they're such different people. Um, and my daughter is at, is at a private school and, Mm. um, and likewise, she found one that offered her a great, you know, great scholarship package that made it work with, with her budget. Um, but a lot of what she was drawn to at that school is she is not really someone who puts herself out there socially. And this, and this school is one where the social life is really organized around, um, around the dorms. Oh, and nice. So it's kind of more kind structured. You just have to show up. <laughs> it's structured versus yeah. like, oh, like probably like what your son is like a big campus. You get lost. Mm-hmm. You kind of really have to be more outgoing and social to feel comfortable to get out there. Yeah. And, yeah. and I mean, he came up with a plan for how he was going to engage on campus and how he was going to make friends. He's I like, you it. know, I'm not going to know anyone there. 
Yeah. So I'm going to do the pre-business academic residential community because that'll make me some friends. Oh, and, wow. That's cool. And it has, you know, his, his two best friends are guys he met the very first week of school. That's so cool. And you know, and they've been friends ever since. And he was like, you know, and they let you play um, intramural sports as a free agent. So I'm going to sign up to play indoor soccer. And oh, that's fun. I'm going to meet 10 new people that way. <laughs> you know, so that was, <laughs> yeah, so that you was come up with my plan. daughter's like, yes. yeah, or my, my daughter's like, this house participates in a whole bunch of stuff that I'm interested in doing. So I'm going to live there. <laughs> I love it. No, I think that's so good. I do because that is so true with all the different personalities and what might feel overwhelming to one would feel amazing to another. Right. So exactly. Um, yeah. Exactly. I like that. I'm just curious, like, do you even know right now what state schools are running um, at per year? Like just regular state schools, like, you know, like I think about, so I live in Tennessee. I have no yeah. clue like what university of Tennessee costs. Like are those kind of it, levels of schools? Yeah. And it varies tremendously from mm. state to state, not yeah. just tuition costs, but like, you know, being on the West coast here, I look at the schools in our region mm -hmm. and, you know, room and board costs are tremendously oh, different from one place yeah, to another. I see. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. But typically, you know, full fare, in-state public school, mm -hmm. you know, room board tuition and fees is somewhere around $25,000. There are some outliers. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, as particularly in higher cost of living areas, sure. you're going to find much, um, much higher, higher costs. Yeah. Um, um, but, but that's a, you know, that's a reasonable target. The okay. good news is colleges publish their costs on their website. Mm, so okay. you can go right now yeah. <laughs> and look at what your in-state, not only at what they cost, but what scholarships they offer and to whom mm. so that you can figure out what discounts you're eligible for. Yeah. So let me, okay. So let's just use this for example, let's say a hundred thousand for four years and people are listening. They're like, oh my gosh, like, I don't even know if I can do 50,000, right? Like, so, so here yeah. in Tennessee, like I mentioned, like you could do two years community college for free, but even say two, by the, by the time my kids are at school, it's going to be more than a hundred thousand. So the, but we'll use that as the example, say 50,000 is still a lot, especially if you have more than one child. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, what is the possibility like realistically of scholarships that you could get if you needed to pay $50,000? Like, what do you think is realistic to be like, you could probably get this much covered? Yeah. Well, so here's, here's the thing. The, we, we let the Stanford's and Harvard's of the, of the world drive the conversation around college where it's mm. like, you should be grateful just to get in. Most oh. colleges are actively trying to recruit and enroll students. And mm. the way they do that is by discounting tuition. Oh, so okay. much mm. as we hear that the list price of college goes up about 6% every year. Yeah. The, uh, there's a lesser known, but more important statistic. And that's the net price of college. So the net price is what we actually pay to, to go to college. And the net price of tuition has remained virtually flat since the great financial crisis of 2008-2009. Oh, wow. And in fact, the average tuition discount rate is over 50%, which means that for every $10,000 oh. of tuition that's charged, less than 5,000 is collected. Now, that does not mean that your child is going to get a 50% discount off of tuition at every college. But that does mean that you and your child can find colleges that will discount tuition significantly for them. So how do you how do you do that? Like how do you find the schools that will 
actually do that? And would they do yes. that for everyone or you have to figure this out? Well, let's, so let's talk about what, what types of scholarships there are okay. out there. Sure. Okay. So scholarships fall into three big buckets. Um, one is institutional need-based aid and, that is for students whose expected family contribution or student aid index, which is the amount that the, the two financial aid forms, the FAFSA and the CSS profile, calculate as the amount that you can pay every year for college. If that number is lower than the cost of attendance at the college, you could be eligible for need-based financial aid. Mm. And that those need-based dollars can come from a couple of sources. They can come from the federal government, and that's usually in the form of Pell Grants, student loans, work study. Um, they can come from your state, um, but by and large, they come from the college itself. Okay. Now, not mm -hmm. all colleges will meet your financial need, um, and and even those that do don't necessarily meet 100% of your financial need. Yes. Okay. The next big group of scholarships is called institutional merit scholarships. These are scholarships that colleges give with the goal of attracting the students that they want to enroll to their college. And okay. we always think of athletic scholarships, but it's the mathletes who clean up on oh. merit scholarships. So good grades and good test scores, even in the test optional world, are what get the largest merit scholarships. Got it. Okay. Um, wow. Now, not all colleges offer merit scholarships. You know, the Ivy Leagues don't offer merit scholarships, um, but they will meet full financial need for students who, who have it. The third group of scholarships is what's called outside scholarships. And those are scholarships that are offered by anyone other than the college. So your employer might offer a scholarship for their employees' children. Um, Rotary offers scholarships. Your high school guidance counselor will have a whole book of scholarships. I always recommend that that's the best place to start because a lot of those are just local where there's a really small pool of applicants. But, you know, teachers know about scholarships. If you participate in club sports, your coaches will know about scholarships. Any activity that you participate in, chances are good that they'll know of some scholarships that you can apply for. So those okay. are kind of the three big big bunches of scholarships. And there are students who have all three. My daughter mm -hmm. has all three. Wow. There are students who have one mm -hmm. or the other. Yeah. Um, and they're all, they're all good. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So as a parent who is, who is trying to figure this out, mm -hmm. um, unfortunately there aren't really great tools out there to just say, my college budget is, mm -hmm. you know, $12,000 a year. Tell mm -hmm. me what colleges mm -hmm. right. um, work for that. On the other hand, every college is required to have a tool on its website called a net price calculator. Mm. And with this net price calculator, you can punch in your financial and sometimes your academic information, and it will tell you what students like you have as their as their financial aid and merit scholarship oh, package okay. in the current year. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. So as you know, as you know, as your student comes up with schools they're interested in you should be doing the net price calculators. There's another, there's a website I really like, um, two really, two really good ones, actually, um, college data, which is just collegedata.com. And, um, and you can type in, you can type in college names there and they have a tab called financials. And if you just open that up, it tells you, you know, do they give need-based aid? If so, what percent of financial need do they meet? 
Do they give merit scholarships to students who don't have financial need? What does the average package for that look like? Um, so it can be a good, you know, good tool to see what types of scholarships a different a school gives. And then those outside scholarships can be great for helping to close the gap between, yeah. you know, between say a ten thousand dollar a year college and a twenty a ten thousand dollar a year budget and a twenty thousand dollar a year college. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. So let's move on to like, how do we go about setting them on the right path? Right? Like, I feel like high school is really kind of where that starts. So, mm-hmm. you know, I know you're talking about good grades, especially the mathletes, like kind of take the merits, uh, scholarships a lot. Um, so you have kids going into high school. What is your biggest suggestion that you're kind of like, get them on this path to get the most scholarships. Yeah. Well, I, so I'll, I'll tell you a couple things about that from, you know, things that we learned from our own experience that I wish I had known oh, before yeah, yeah. my kids got to college. Okay. Um, one of them, so, so one of them is, I think our high school is very typical in that they encourage the kids to, um, we're, we were an IB school as opposed to, so, um, there are a couple different flavors of advanced classes that kids can, can take. Our high school always encouraged kids to sign up for the IB classes and the more advanced classes. And so, of course, as a parent, you're like, great, that's absolutely what we should do. Challenge them, make them ready for college and so on and so forth. So my daughter absolutely thrived in those classes Mm. and it was really great that she did them all. You know, she's attending an elite private school. So having all those classes was really table stakes in the admissions game for, for her. My son, we also encouraged him to take those classes. He was a smart kid, but not necessarily a great student. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. not one who wanted to put in the time for all the homework that those classes oh, yeah. um, required and ended up not getting, you know, not getting very good grades. Oh, mm-hmm. It was a huge surprise to us that the college that he's going to, like many others, awards merit scholarships on the basis of unweighted GPA. Wait, what does that mean, unweighted? So when you take an advanced class, like an advanced placement or international baccalaureate, you know, AP or IB, Mm -hmm. or even dual credit courses, Mm. typically those are graded on a five-point scale as opposed to a four-point scale. So an A in that will show up as five points on your GPA. I see. That's where you get all these kids who have like 4.7 GPAs, which means they've taken a lot of advanced classes. Well, colleges, when they look at the student population, Mm -hmm. they, they... Many of them that that do automatic scholarships, as in everyone with a 3.6 GPA gets this scholarship. Oh, they will do that on the basis of unweighted GPA more often than not. So is unweighted. So so is unweighted not counting AP classes? Exactly. Well, it counts them on the same scale as everything else. So on your high school transcript, you know, an A in an AP class is five points, an A in a regular class is four points. Right. But for the from the college's perspective, an A is an A is an A. And oh. all of those are four points. Okay. And so my son at his college, he got a very generous scholarship already, but he would have gotten another twelve thousand dollars <gasps> a year. Oh if wow. we had not pushed him into to do the higher classes. All these higher level classes where he was getting B's and C's instead of A's. Because he was in the higher classes, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's, let's stop here for a second. Okay. So if you feel like 
okay, well, would you even know this in eighth grade? Would you have known this going into ninth grade to be like, mm, okay, my daughter's good, but my son, uh, I don't know. Did, did you feel like they had to get through like ninth, 10th before you could even pick that up that like, okay, this isn't going to work for him as well. Um, I feel like I probably knew right away that these were maybe not the best fit classes for him, but okay. you know, feeling as a parent, like this is, you know, you should be pushing your child mm-hmm. and Hey, it's a weighted GPA. It's going to be better. And it turned out that no, it wasn't. <laughs> okay. So what is the point then? I mean, obviously besides like you learn more stuff, you know, because you're, you're, um, so going into college, you'll know more, but like in regards to, yeah, like getting scholarships and stuff, this could really kind of mess you up. It's like, is there a benefit of taking these harder classes if you know you need a scholarship? Well, so I'd say a, cu- a couple of things. Um, one is their excellent preparation for, for college. Mm. You know, much as my son struggled in high school, he's a straight A student in college. Mm. You know, he yeah. got a D in high school calculus. He's tutoring college statistics. So, wow. um, so definitely. <laughs> yeah, he turned that around. <laughs> he turned that one around. Found a good place for himself. Um, so, you know, they're definitely good, good preparation. And he always says, he's like, I must have gone to the hardest high school of anyone because I think college is easy. Oh, wow. And I thought high school was hard. And my friends think college is hard and they thought oh, high school was easy. So the and harder classes helped him so, in that situation. So definitely yeah. better preparation. Um, you know, and in my daughter's case, I would say, had she not taken those courses, mm-hmm. her application probably would not have been considered at the colleges oh. that she was applying to. So if you're applying to, you know, if you're applying to call it the Ivy plus schools, schools. you know, the Ivy leagues, Mm -hmm. Berkeley, you know, places like that. You just need to have those to even be considered as as an applicant. The other thing is many colleges give you college credit for taking those courses in high school. So that can also be a pathway to, you know, a three-year degree program. Wait, say that again. So, so AP and IB classes all have exams you can take Mm. at the end of, of them. And those translate into college credit. Oh, okay. Now, not all colleges give credit for them, Mm. but generally speaking, you know, state schools almost always do. Wow. Private schools kind of make up their own rules about whether they're going to or not. So, you know, so for example, here in Oregon, if you graduate from college with an IB diploma, which means that your junior and senior year, you took all the IB classes, you're automatically given sophomore standing your first year oh, of college. Oh, wow. And then you're only paying for three years is what your point is, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. So, okay. Now thinking about this, would you have done something different with your son? Because yeah, he's, he thinks college is easy, but you could have had $12,000 extra. Like, would right. you have made a different decision? <laughs> right. That's, I mean, that's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, right. I, I think what I, what I probably would have done is manage his, you know, helped him manage his course load a little uh, better, you yeah, know, and pick yep. the, the classes that he was really passionate about yes. and a stronger student in and yep. encouraged him to dig deep on those and, and maybe step back up the other ones. others. Yes. Okay. So, so would you say if you're starting fresh with this, would you be able to figure this out in middle school that they're <laughs> already, or do you feel like just see how they do in the first semester of freshman year in high school? Yeah. I mean, I, I think you can have somewhat of a sense of what type yeah. of a student your your student is in mm-hmm. middle school. Most of these classes, you know, the AP and the IB classes, most of them aren't available to high school freshmen anyway. 
Oh, okay. Okay. So that's so, helpful. You mm-hmm. know, so that's a decision that you'll, that you'll make over the course of, of your high school I career. See. And, and so, yeah, so you don't okay. need to decide today. <laughs> okay. No, but that is really good to know because yeah, you could really kill yourself trying to take all the AP classes, screws up your grade point and then impacts you with how much money you can get. So, um, you exactly. Know, and I yeah. feel like schools present them as universally good. And our experience was mm, no, maybe not universally do you, good. Yeah, do you find <laughs> good that, in some circumstances. <laughs> yeah. Do you find that a lot of times they do? You, okay. So is it weighed GPA? Is that what it's called? Weighted. 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 So weighted is they're not counting the five, uh, 5.0, right? Weighted is they are. Oh, they are. It's unweighted. Okay. So unweighted is an A is an A is an A. Okay. Weighted is advanced class A is a five regular class A is a four. With what you researched. So they're giving more weight to the yes, higher. I see. Okay. So did you find that more of them were unweighted? Um, as far as colleges that just offer across the board scholarships, mm-hmm. unweighted seems to be more common than weighted. Okay. Gotcha. Now, but did your daughter- I think it's helpful. I yeah. think it's a good idea for parents, again, to look at, Each you know, school. look up what your, what your in-state schools do. Yeah. So did your daughters, do they do weighted since it's more of a, an elite school? So they, so she took all IB classes her junior and senior year mm-hmm. of high school and went to a college that gives no credit at all for having taken those classes. Oh, wow. But, but they might've not taken her, right? Because if exactly. she didn't take them. Okay. So, exactly. okay. Wow. Yeah. So there's a few different considerations, you know, mm-hmm. what kind of student is my student mm-hmm. and what type of colleges are they considering applying for? Yeah. And if they're applying for the most selective colleges, you know, kind of what you call the Ivy plus the public Ivy colleges, you know, the Ivy leagues, the, the, um, you know, the Dukes, the U Chicago's, right. the Vanderbilt's, you know, right. the, the Berkeley's, the Stanford's. Sure. Those, those classes are, are table stakes in in the admissions mm, okay. plan. If you're not, yeah. <laughs> then I would say be judicious, be ju- judicious in mm. your selection of, of those courses. They are excellent preparation for college. You can get some college credit for them, um, but they require a huge, a huge time commitment. And if you have a kid who's like my son who played sports and had a job and had friends and things he liked to do mm-hmm. where, you know, six hours a night of homework wasn't yeah, going to be his thing. Lot. That yeah. wasn't, wasn't a good fit. <laughs> yes. That, okay. What is your thoughts on having a job versus really trying to be strategic with getting scholarships? If the job is trying to help you to pay for college. Yeah. It's a good, it's in a high good school, question. I mean, so yeah. yeah so in mm-hmm. high school, so, so <clears throat> I think there are plenty of students who can balance that. Mm. Um, but I do think that's where it helps to understand what the thresholds are for the different scholarships so that as you're, you know, if your child has a job yeah. and let's face it, I mean, kids make a lot of money with minimum wage having gone up so much. Yes, kids make a lot true. of money at jobs. It's hard to, you know, yeah, it's beat that. Yeah. And for many kids, for many kids, it's not an if it's a, it's a, this is how we do it. Sure. Yeah. Um, but that's why it's helpful to understand what those, you know, what those grade thresholds are for merit scholarships at, you know, at your local colleges, because you'd hate to have a $3,000 a year job cost you $10,000 a year in scholarships. Yeah, that is true. And, yeah. you know, and then manage your student to make sure that they are able to balance 
you know, academic and, um, you know, an extracurricular or job, yeah. job workload. That's why I you, do think, you know, ahead. colleges mm-hmm. have become more savvy to the fact that there are a lot of students who need to have jobs. And mm. so, um, you know, so the fact that you have a part-time after school job rather than say doing speech and debate or theater oh, or something uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. is not going to reflect poorly on you. I see. Yeah. That is a good point. Okay. So as we wrap this up, um, I was just wondering if you have a few strategies for actually saving money for college. Um, you know, I don't know if, if it's, if it's just at all the different, like the 504s or is that, is that one of the, yeah, 529s? Or 529s. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, if you have any thoughts on that, especially if we're kind of later, they're not like just born and they're like already boom, grandparents are loading it up. Yeah. For the people who don't have that situation yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and are trying to figure out how to pay for groceries. Um, what is your thoughts on that? Like to kind of or just paying for or saving um, and not feeling so defeated. Yeah. So, and and that's what's so hard too, because I think pe- people look at it and say, oh my gosh, college is $75,000 a year and I've only saved 20000 <laughs> What right. was the point? Yeah. <laughs> um, so again, to my original point, students whose families have saved for college enroll and graduate at higher rates. So you do want to save for college. I think 529s for the vast majority of families are the best way to save for college. There's a couple reasons for that. You know, first and foremost, they're easy. So any 529 can be used at any college. So if you don't know which 529 to choose, your state has a plan, choose it. <laughs> yeah, and right. Open that account. Um the tax-free growth and distributions is amazing. You know, it basically makes your savings worth 20% more. And okay, say that again. What what is that exactly what you're saying? Well, so if you if you put money in a 529, mm-hmm. And then it's invested for your child's college. Over time, that account balance is going to grow. Yeah. And when you spend that 529 for college, you don't have to pay taxes on that growth. Hmm. So gotcha. let's say, just for the sake of easy math, you put in $2,000 and now the account's worth $4,000. When you take that $4,000 out, you keep 4000 It's worth $4,000 mm. if it's in a 529 right, right. and you use yeah. it to pay for college. If you had it in, say, a taxable investment account, you would pay taxes on that $2,000 of growth in the account. Right. Yes. And that would make it worth 20% or more less than, you know, net of taxes than what you'd have in the 529. 529s have another great advantage, especially for families who are late to the, you know, late to the college savings Mm -hmm. party. Um, And that's that many states give you a tax benefit for your contributions. Mm. So let's say your state gives you $500 a year in tax savings for contributing to your 529. Well, that's $500 more that could go into that 529. Oh, wow. And then, you know, rinse and repeat for 18 years. And that's a pretty significant amount of additional money available to your kid. But to me, (laughs) the real secret sauce of 529s for families who are struggling to save is they have a feature called a gifting page. And with the gifting page, how many times have you said, please stop giving my kid toys? Oh yeah, right. Mm -hmm. With the gifting page, you can say, please gift to their 529 instead. And you give them a link and they can contribute money directly to your child's college savings account. I love that, yes. 
I, I and that's I, great. you know, mm-hmm. people have friends who'll do that. Mm. I know I, you know, as a financial advisor, I work with a lot of older people, you know, grandparents who are like, I want my kids to set up a 529 because I would gladly give them money for, oh, for my grandkids yes. education, but I'm yep. not going to just hand them a check. I see. Yeah. So, so that's good to know. The easy way to save for college is a 529. And there are so many ways to make your savings grow faster with their 529 between tax benefits for your contributions, gifting from other people, and then the tax-free distributions. I love it. Okay. That is awesome. Okay. So, and we're at the end of the show. Is there anything else that you want to kind of just um, gloss over before we end? Anything we might've missed? Does anything stand out? I mean, this is a really, really big topic. I would say a couple of things. Number one, we talk about student loans as if they're a one-way ticket to the poorhouse. <laughs> um, <laughs> for a student for whom the direct student loan, which is the loan that undergraduate students can take out in their own name, for a student where that is the difference between going to college and not going to college, mm. that is a perfectly reasonable choice for you I to see. make. That is yeah. a perfectly reasonable investment in your child's future. Okay. You know, a student who takes that loan out will pay about $325 a month for 10 years and be done with it. Oh, wow. And okay. The incremental earnings that their degree right. yes. will give them will will more than will more than pay for than that. Cover that. Yeah. And the other thing I want to stress, and I said this earlier, but I want to make sure that people really understand this. Whatever price point you have, your child will have good college choices. Mm. Your job as a parent is to make sure that they understand the parameters of those choices. So if your college budget includes two years of community college, Mm -hmm. don't encourage them to apply to private colleges that Mm -hmm. won't give them scholarships. What do you mean? Like uh, if if they're, if they're only going to community college and, and they're trying to apply for a private school, is that what you mean? Well, if your budget, if your budget is, you know, two years of community college and two years of four-year college, you need to have that conversation Mm. with them before they start applying for four-year $75,000 a year colleges. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. Are you saying because so, so like well for that with the community college they would just be going if they wouldn't probably start applying I don't even know when they start applying if they went to two year community college well, the thing is kids hear from their friends what their friends are doing and they yeah. say oh you're I all applying to yeah I know mm-hmm. <laughs> insert college name here so am I yeah so you know so as parents we just need to get out in front of our kids in front of their choices and help them understand present it from a goals based perspective so not you can only go to these colleges sure. but my goal is that you can graduate from college debt free or with a minimum of debt and here's the budget that we have available for you to do that and we you know that'll work with this this and this pathways and we're help, happy to help you find others, but just know that this is what the dollars yeah, look like. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Is there anything else that you wanted to add? Um, well, I have a whole lot more information about this in my book, How to Pay for College, yeah, that's yeah. available um, Amazon bookstores all over the place. I'll um, put that in the show notes and, as well. Yep. And then on my, um, on my website, um, howtopayforcollege.com where I also have an online college planning course. And, uh, 
and listeners can get a 10% discount by oh, using the discount code mom inspired. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah. So I will put that in the show notes and, um, that sounds amazing. Well, and it was so great having you on. Obviously we could just keep talking about this probably for a very long time. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, this, this was really like a lot of good information that I know this will help people. And I highly encourage you guys to go check out her website, use the code. Um, I, I definitely think a course comes in handy with this kind of stuff. So thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Amber. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to today's episode. To learn more on how to work with me, go to mominspiredshow.com forward slash coaching. See you there.